Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Said, tell me what's really going on. Drizzy back up in this thing. I'm ready. What's happening? Gone for surgery, but now I'm back again. I'm Welcome, friends and family, to the next edition of the Backdoor Cut Podcast. This is the Barn Burner Professor, and I'm here with my guys Slim and the Barn Chief. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for that intro. We were, we're cycling around, and we got a taste of the professor's intro tonight. And I got to say, Something I never thought to do was to welcome friends and family. You know, I've just I've just been welcoming everyone generally. But you, you gave that shout out to family and shout out to any of our family that are listening to the barn burner stuff. We appreciate that. What about Absolutely. you, Slim? Yeah, shout out to my mom, <laughs> my dad, my brother. <laughs> but I'm good, man. NBA trade deadline day. Let's get, I'm ready to get into it. Some lesser-known people, but we're excited to get in here, talk about what did, and maybe more importantly, what didn't happen today. Um, and especially if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan like us, you probably got a lot of pent-up frustration from the lack of activity today, especially after the last few weeks sitting Tyreek Evans, expecting for some blockbuster deal to come through to help the Grizzlies write our trajectory and keep us going on the path that we all thought we were on the same page with I, for a moment there, I thought we were all going in the same direction and everything was agreeable, but that was not the case. So was, Slim, how do you feel about today's non-activities? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm still kind of in disbelief. Um, we, we all expected Tyreek Evans to be moved. And then it was like at the, you know, at the last minute, the, the front office decided that they could, convince Tyreek to stay this summer um, and convince him to sign back for what most think will be the mid-level exception, which is right around eight and a half million per year. Um, and Chris Harrington, he, he tweeted some things about it pertaining to the early bird rights and the bird rights and how um, if this goes through like the Grizzlies may be planning right now, um, then in the in year three, we can offer him up to 175% of what other teams would be able to offer him. So um, I understand that, but I also think that if Tyreek really wants to be here um, and you had thought this through and talked to him like, like they're kind of playing it off to be or um, showing it to be 
in their in the things that they're saying, then you could have let him walk. The team could have been bad. You could have drafted some good uh, a better player because your draft position would be better because Tyreek is not on the team to help you win games because he is good at basketball. And without him, the team would be in the tankathon. You know, we're we're a game and a half out of reverse first right now. And I, I think we had a, a just as good a chance as any of the teams in the tanking lottery to uh, land the top five, top six pick. And then you, if you could do that, then in the summer, you can still sign Tyreek Evans for the same amount of money you're going to sign him this year. So you could let him go, uh, go to a playoff team, play in his first playoffs ever, get some experience, and then if he really wanted to be in Memphis and really, you really wanted him to be on this team, then you could sign him to the same mid-level exception. Um, but you would lose the early bird rights kicker. But I just don't understand it. If, t- if this is the long-term plan, then you look, you look at the roster. So basically every dollar you have minus like rookie contracts and minimum contracts will be Marcus All, Mike Conley, Chandler Parsons, Tyreek Evans, and all of those guys have serious injury question marks in their history, recent history, or, you know, uh, a couple years ago now for, for Mark. But I'm worried. I'm worried about the future of this franchise. And, and just to put in perspective, you were talking about tanking and getting a good lottery pick. So right now, uh, according to tankathon.com, which I've been refreshing pretty much on the daily as I see scores from Atlanta and Dallas, Orlando, those type of teams. Right now, the Grizzlies are six from the bottom. They are one game out of being the very worst team in the NBA, tied with Brooklyn. And there are uh, Chicago is a half game further out than us. And then there's eight teams separated by a game and a half. So that just shows you how close this race to the bottom really is this season and what you really have to be dedicated to it if you can't just laissez-faire kind of passively try to get to the bottom you have to actually work at it because the bottom that's a quarter of the league is just terrible this season and all trying they all have the same goals but who's going to execute on that better is the question yeah and Tyreek Evans is probably the best player on any of those teams and so he is capable of winning a winning a game for the Grizzlies because that's who he plays for like he is capable of single-handedly scoring 30 35 points um that the Grizzlies would find would not be able to find without him on the court I mean without him they've been scoring 80 82 88 like I, I don't get it man this is this is this is unbelievable uh uh and i still can't i've been thinking about it since it happened and i've been pond pontificating pondering all those sort of things i've been leaning back in my chair a lot i've been putting my hands behind my head just thinking a lot thinking very deeply about how how in the world would would the front office let this happen and for what reason because i thought there's no way you could just do this without having some sort of reasonable reason behind it so i started to think okay Okay, Chief, let's think about the possibilities here. Okay, so let's figure out what the front office wants. Let's figure out their ultimate goal here. And, uh, and so I started, uh, started to think about that. I thought, well, you know, I thought that it was 
to get the best pick possible. It seemed like we had begun the tankathon. We had started to only play our new players. We benched Chandler. We benched Mike. Um, and we were only playing our young dudes and, and necessarily. So we we're getting them a lot of experience and then also losing games. And then we sat out Tyreek. You know, we decided, hey, we're going to sit him on the bench and we're going to allow him to not get hurt. So that way he becomes still a trade uh, trade chip. We didn't want him to get hurt. So I thought that was when that was the moment in time where I knew we were full on tank mode when we sat Tyreek so we could trade. him. It's often the moment, too, where some people are saying we perhaps lost our leverage. Uh, I don't know about that. I like I I, uh, I mean, like, I guess everyone was wrong if they thought we were definitely going to trade him for like a sack of potato chips because we didn't. But a lot of people thought that that, that was when we lost our leverage because it showed our it showed what we what people felt was our only option was to trade him. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think we lost leverage by sitting him? Uh, I, I don't think that's true because, I mean, if you look at some of the offers that were reportedly on the table, um, Denver offered Moutier and a second-round pick or two second-round picks. They gave the Grizzlies their choice. Um, Boston offered two second-round picks and a young prospect. Uh, what, what were some of the other ones out there? I think Washington. Yeah, yeah two second-round second picks. So – I mean, either the Grizzlies just really thought that they were going to get a first-round pick um, and, and were trying to call people's bluffs. I, I don't know. So I don't, I don't think we ever lost any leverage. I, I don't know if Tyreek Evans could get you a first-rounder this year. Um, for, for a variety of reasons, first-round picks have become the most coveted asset in the NBA. And um, maybe rightfully so. That's a that's an argument for another podcast. But why would you not take two second round picks that that aren't that far behind where, say, Boston's first round pick is going to be anyway? Like, I I, I just don't understand where because we like you said, Chief, it seemed like we were on the clear path, like the vision was was clear and everybody was marching arm in arm forward like they always claim to be. And then. At at one thirty, like the train just went off the tracks and all hell broke loose. I think, I mean, so as I was analyzing how the hell, how the hell we got here and what the hell we were thinking and what our goals were. That's the ultimate, like front office needs to decide what it's going to do. It needs to set a goal and then fill out action steps to get there. That's just what you do in, in anything, not NBA team, front office, a company, whatever. Like your fucking job at McDonald's, like you got to make X amount of McDoubles. You got to unfreeze X amount of patties. And that's how you get there. So, like, it doesn't matter what trade you're in. This is how it works. And so, uh, it, like, it seemed to be we were there. Like you said, it seemed to be we were marching there and, and we're going to go full tank. And then uh, and then what I think happened was Chris Wallace got out of the box they had chained him in. I think, like, they kept him in a box and he, he, like, busted out and ran into the front office and was able to actually start making some decisions and then just totally fucked this up today. But, like, even if you're playing horse with every other team in the NBA – like you're, you're, you're like, it's, I mean, not horse, uh, chicken, like where you're driving on the road and like you're facing each other and you're in the same lane and it's whoever's going to turn first or you're else going to run into each other. And like, you're, you're doing that hoping that you're going to get a first rounder. Like, okay, whatever that you wait till like the last minute, like literally the last 60 seconds. And then you get one of those, you get one of those offers for two second rounders. And I don't <laughs> think, I mean, without getting into the, the weeds of first rounder versus second rounder, I mean, like you said, like a, is a, is the 28th pick better than like the 40th? I mean, it can be, but is it generally? I don't know. And you can package second-round picks 
and trade up in the draft. You can package those with, I mean, you can do so many things with picks. Like look at Danny age of Boston. That's how they've been able to like work this magic orchestra of NBA front office-ness is by like stockpiling picks. And they just use them at very strategic times to sweeten deals and to convince teams to do things that they otherwise wouldn't have. So like, that seemed to be the road we were on, and then we wait and play chicken, and then we end up fucking, I guess, turning off at the last minute and running off into the side of the road. Then we run out of gas, and we don't have insurance, and then we're stuck with Tyreek Evans, who's going to win us more games. Like, there is no defensible reason to keep Tyreek on the roster right now. Like, there's, there's none. There, the, the, I would, I, like, I, there's, just, there, there's no reason that, that Chris Wallace or anyone in that front office could say to Grizzlies fans that would make any sense because if they try to say this was the plan the whole time, and they've had secret conversations with him and that by keeping him now it's shown like some sort of solidarity for him. And that, that way he'll resign. Then we'll say, well, why the fuck do you sit him out for the past two weeks then? Like to, to like demonstrate that he was definitely going to be traded. Why did, you know, why, why'd you basically tell him he was going to be traded? And uh, like, I, I just, I just don't get it. I just, there's, there's, I mean, uh, you guys can disagree, but like, I just don't think there's any defensible reason here. And it's the reason that the Grizz of the Grizz, and it's just a it's a joke of a front office. It's like it's I mean, it's just it's a fucking joke. Yeah, I mean at this point, as we have discussed ad nauseum, you can't have Tyreek on the roster. So what do you do? You buy him out or waive him, and then he's gonna get picked up by one of those teams probably who was gonna give us something for him, but instead we're basically just giving it to him and they're gonna say, Thank you, Chris Wallace. We really appreciate that. You lost. No, they, there is no way that they buy him out now. That it, There's no way that they do that because at this point, you now have to go with the plan that you're re-signing Tyreek this offseason. If you, if you buy him out, then you literally just like, I, I think that's malpractice, Chief. I think like you could have gotten assets for him and then you just decide, no, we're just going to pay him off. We're already about practice area, dude. This this would be like license revocation here. This would be like you should never be able to walk into an NBA front office ever again for the rest of your life if we bought Tyreek out. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's any way that they buy him out. Um, I, maybe best case scenario is that he, he you actually tank and don't play him the rest of this season, but then I don't understand the point in keeping him. Um yeah. And, and then another another point to this is the Grizz still have an interim tag on J.B. Bickerstaff. So as a head coach, he's trying to win, um, and his his motives are different than those of the front office. So the whole organization is just out of whack. There's no vision for the future. They're just making decisions on the fly. And, uh, I mean, it, it's really started to rear its head this year and looks like it's going to continue to do so going forward. I mean, how is it that like NBA fan? I mean, all Grizz Nation, Grizz Twitter Nation has, has watched this all shit go down today, and we're all like, everyone knows what they should be doing. Like everyone's saying the same stuff. We're all like beating a dead horse out there, and we're all agreeing with each other and just being angry together. How do they not know that's what they need to do? Like how? Like it, it, what's going to piss me off too is they're going to try to argue like this is the plan the whole time. Like they're going to try to sell it as some sort of like we walk arm in arm with Tyreek, like he's a Memphian forever storyline. That clearly wasn't true based on their actions. And, oh, dude, this is going to be unbelievable. How, how long do you think that this has been, what it, whatever the plan is, since we all have really no idea, how long do you think it's been in the works since that there's that uh, chalk talk scheduled for Valentine's Day? 
uh, next Wednesday. Do you think all along that that was set up to debrief or hopefully settle some of the fires that they knew would come because of this situation? I forgot about that. Uh, I forgot about that that thing that Wallace had Wallace had set up basically like a, a where he sets up in a table and fans can go talk to him and like ask him questions uh, well in advance, well before this. I don't think I'm not going to give him the credit to say that he planned this beyond when the clock struck two o'clock and he had his dick in his hand, or more accurately, still had Tyreek on the roster. Yeah, I, I think I I would be willing to bet money that that talk was planned to ease the fan base and talk about the rest of the season going forward after dealing the best player on our roster this season. Um, I, I, I would be shocked if almost everyone in the organization is not su- just as surprised as we are at what happened. Um, so I, I don't think this has been a master plan. If anything, if <laughs> assuming that something didn't go wrong clerically today, like a, a fax machine went out of order at 159 or something, then I, I think this may have came to into uh, ideation when the Clippers signed Lou Williams to to his new deal. So I mean, I think like I said, I think we're just on the fly. Like, oh, the Clippers they could they could resign him and extend him. Uh, maybe we can just convince Tyreek now to sign up for for two more years in the summer, and we'll just kind of roll the dice and see how it goes. Can we sign it? Can we sign him to an extension right now, like tomorrow? I don't know how that works. I don't believe so. Uh, because I guess Lou's deal was a, a longer deal from from an existing contract, and so so then you could do an extension. But on a one year deal, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that right now. Yeah, I could see. I mean, that that to me that would be the to me you can't. I don't know what you do. Like they put us in like a completely ridiculous situation because I want to I want to to waive him. Uh, and so that way we keep tanking. Cause I think the most important thing here is the best chance at one of these picks in this draft, the situation we were put in, which is to get a pick in this draft. Cause our good players get hurt is, is one that a lot of teams aren't put in. And so I think we needed to see, seize the carp, like do that, you know, you get that pick. And now yeah. like, and, and so like that, that's, that's the first thing. So I think the only way you can get there is to waive him, but I don't want to do that. Cause then that's like, well, we could have had two second rounders and like, I don't think I think they're too prideful to do that. To be honest with you, I think that would be ridiculous if they did. But now, if we keep them on the roster, the second thing I guess I'd want to do is like um, sign them to a deal, like make sure we keep him because if we don't keep him and he signs somewhere else, which I think he's going to, regardless of what he says to the front office this year, uh, I like then then then, it, then we're again shit out of luck. We've got nothing to show for what we gave up right now, and then we probably won some games and lost the picks too. And then the third option is that we just keep them for this year and we're in the same result as, uh, as that. The only option where we get that the best chances that a pick this year is to, is to waive him, and that's not going to happen. So here we are in a spot where, like, we've got Tyreek on the roster for how long we don't know, and he's going to win us games. I don't think they're going to sit him out either. That'd be, like, that'd be crazy. Like, just trade him if you're going to do that. Like, he, he would be miserable. Yeah, I, I would assume he is going to play. Um I wonder if when the Lou Williams deal happened uh, and, and what Lou's agent told people was that basically Lou Williams was tired of being traded. He wanted to settle down. He liked it in L.A. Um, so he's, he agreed for, I think, two more years. 
Um, and Lou Williams is a guy who's bounced around like his whole career. You know, Tyreek has been in Sacramento, New Orleans, and now Memphis, which is also where he spent a year in college. So I, I think that maybe people overreacted to Lou agreeing to, I think it was like six or seven million a year. And the mid-level exception is eight and a half, like we stated earlier. So I think their value in Tyreek based on Lou's decision, but I think Lou was, I, I think he was the uh, outlier in the group, yeah, he's the, you know, he's the exception and not the rule. Yeah. And they're trying to apply that as if it's absolutely going to apply to Tyreek. Yeah. And to me, if anything, that just takes some of the supply off the shelves and ups the demand for a six man of the year candidate uh, that playoff teams are going to be going after. So I think they're going to be willing to pay him more than the mid-level, you know? Dude, if I'm an NBA player, I'm going to make employment decisions just like I would if I were a, another person. And I, so that would, that would include how much money I'm going to make, how much money is going to be guaranteed to me over how many years. Uh, where is that? You know, what team is that? Is it a playoff team? You know, because guys sign for cheaper to be on playoff team, especially guys that never been in the playoffs like Tyreek. Um, they, they take pay cuts to be on playoff good teams. Uh, the Grizz are not going to be able to offer him the most money. That's for sure. Another team's going to offer him more than eight and a half. I mean, Zebo got 12. Yeah. Uh, like last year. So he's going to get more than uh, eight, eight, four. He's he's The Grizz are not going to be, I mean, they're not going to be like a, a super competitive playoff team next year. I mean, probably not. There will probably be other better playoff teams that he could sign for, for a little bit less than eight. So it just stands to no reason that he would sign here. He, he, I know he loves Memphis. He posted that cool Instagram where he was like practicing on the Tigers court. And like whoever was recording it zoomed in on I love Memphis. And I truly believe he does. But like while he's got basketball playing years left and can sign this deal and is for once in his life healthy, knock on wood, uh, like he's got to take that money because basketball doesn't last forever. You know, these guys are trying to stockpile money because, you know, like uh, they're trying to figure out the next step post retirement. Yeah. So like I, it would be stupid if he re-signed with us for eight, four, I'd be like, Tyreek, what are you doing dude? like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And even, you know, even if we, if we say the money is equal and Carmelo Anthony opts out of his deal, um, cause he's got a player option and doesn't go back to OKC and OKC offers Tyreek, uh, the same amount Memphis can offer him. Do you think he would rather go play with Russell Westbrook and Paul George or Mike Conley, Chandler, Chandler Parsons, and Marcus Saul? Like, I, I think he's going to OKC. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, that would be another situation where I'd wonder, he'd really have to like Memphis. Like, he'd have to really like Silkies or or like, you know, like <laughs> barbecue or, or whatever the hell he, he eats here for, to come back and under those terms. I just don't see a foreseeable circumstance where he's back next year, man, like, unless we sign him down. So, like, that just amplifies the – and I don't care, like, how many, like, back office conversations he's had with front management about how much he loves Memphis. Like, ultimately, when that money's put on the table, which it will, he's going to take it, and he should. So, like – and, and honestly, I thought he was being very professional about the whole thing. Like, he understood it. He understands the NBA is a business. He didn't even seem that pissed when uh, we set him out. And we were like, yo, we're going to trade you, dude. And he's like, yeah, I get that. I'd trade me too. He's still practicing and getting shots up and – seemed to take it very professionally and like all the players talked to him and like, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like everything was pretty cool. So uh, yeah. From what I understand, he, he was told that he was going to a playoff team and 
Um, so he was like, okay, I'll sit out. You know, that's fine. Like, I, I want to go to a contending team. So I love it in Memphis, but you guys got all your money tied up in uh, Chandler and Conley and Gasol. Um, so like I'm, I'm expecting to get paid. So I'm, you know, I appreciate y'all sending me to a playoff team. And then we don't after we sit him out for a week and like, as a player, how can you be like, okay, this is, this is where I see myself, you know, this is a franchise that I want to continue to play for and, and play my all for who just tried to get rid of me. But now like, I'm supposed to think that they want me back and want me to stay around. Yeah, Why that's wasn't why wasn't this thought of before right. they tried to trade me? <laughs> That's something we haven't even talked about. You're like, dude, it, it, like you, if anything, you damage the relationship by like the way you handled this. Like, how can you trust this front office? Like after what they did, you know, like they, they sit you out and tell you you're going to go to a playoff team and they don't trade you. And like, I, yeah, I, I just can't, I can't fathom the situation where this like makes the relationship better unless we sign them to some deal. But like, Dude, yeah, is it, I, I like can't wrap my mind around it. They, I, I sat trying to figure out a way to like justify it, but like there isn't because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. and, and honestly, we you know we should all go to that to that press conference or whatever, and like and I don't know how you're going to get up to the mic. I don't know how like how that works, but ask these t- difficult questions and make him answer them, like because he won't be able to answer them. And and if anything, he needs to look stupid in front of the season ticket holders for this. Well, it's just going to be the same old run of the mill, chop around the the edge of the tree type answers, you know, not saying anything. So I, I just, I mean, if you're Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, you, what the hell is going through your mind right now? Like, I, I just can't even think, especially what Mark is thinking and Mike too, because he's got more time to think. He, he's sitting around uh, rehabbing. Like, these guys signed back to compete for a championship, um, to bring a championship parade down Bill street, as Chris Wallace always says. And it, it just seems like every, every like part of the season that the, they're thinking something different. Like at first it was, this team is good. And then it was, we're going to tank. And then it's, we're not going to tank. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what's next. What is the next move? What do you think, bro? I wish I knew all, all day. I've just, I've been really struggling. Like Slim said, with what is the plan? I can, it, it's much easier for me to get behind and support something. If I know what the end goal is like Philly. Okay. I get it. The process, whether you agree with it, disagree with it or whatever, you, you at least know what the strategy is and what they're going for. And you can, at that point you can make, you know, an informed decision on whether or not you think that's a good idea. But it, when you just have no idea, it's hard to, it's more of just a confused emotion more than anything else that I'm feeling right now. I'm a little confused and like let down just because I, I feel like I'm have no idea and just left in the dark. Well, we look back on this moment now as Grace fans, we have our, our, our hardcore series of crazy moments that have defined the franchise. One of which would be, uh, you know, picking Hashim to beat for second overall in 2009 over Harden, Steph Curry, all these guys that are literally like MVPs uh, now. I mean, of course, you know, the drafts are always like look back. But is this going to be is this is this not trading of Tyreek? Assuming it results in what we think it's going to be, which is more wins, which is less ping pong balls, which is less chance at a good player. Assuming we get like an eight or nine pick and we don't re-sign him. 
Because that just seems to be what's going to happen. Well, is this like a top three Grizz moment that just that, that that literally sets the stage for the franchise never able to like really get out of what it's mostly been, which is like mediocre to terrible? It certainly seems that way right now. Um, obviously, we won't we won't know um, because maybe maybe we luck up and get a steal in the draft at thirteen or twelve. But um, you, you really would have liked to have the chance to get one of the top guys in this year's draft and uh, to build for the post Conley post Gasol future. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it very well could could be one of those moments that you speak of, but. Uh, Maybe with that 2022 second round draft pick we acquired from Detroit uh, in the James. That's a game changer right there. In the James Ennis trade. Maybe, maybe we can package that and, and make something happen. That, that truly would be a miracle and an act of pure wizardry. So, so you guys, you guys don't care to see Ennis go, right? No. No, I've, I put a Grizzlies midseason scorecard out a few weeks ago, and I think he was one of the lower-rated players that I graded. I think I had plug him alert. at a plug alert. <laughs> <laughs> Got to. No, who else is going to plug your stuff if you don't plug it, right? I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, man, go ahead. Just got to give you a plug alert. Go ahead. You're calling me out and stuff. No, so, yeah, that was that was the highlight of it, though. You cut me off right at the apex. And this oh, is we'll one slide, of the slide down the other side of the mountain, bro. Go ahead. And this is one of the, the low points. And then Dylan Brooks is the high point. That's the summary of that article. But <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. But uh I'm not as out on Ennis as you guys. I thought last year, um, you know, when Zebo and Tony and them were still on the team, when he was starting, when Parsons was injured uh, at the beginning of the season. I thought he was playing really well. He was uh, knocking down jumpers consistently, getting out in transition. And then it kind of started when Chandler got healthy, his minutes would fluctuate. He was starting a game and coming off the bench and things like that. And that really seemed to throw him uh, off his rhythm for the rest of that season, like, and especially after he missed a, game, a potential game winner against like Detroit or something like that. He missed it from the top of the key, and he never seemed to be the same. But uh, going to Detroit, so I, I think – they need some wing athleticism and uh, you know, him and Stanley Johnson will probably be battling for minutes. So, but Detroit's been hooping since they got Blake Griffin, uh, yeah, five never, in a row. never lost uh, as a big baller would say, never lost. Uh, your boy Drummond is going crazy, man. That My all, all-star. all-star. Yeah. <laughs> he got the nod and he's, he continued to go ham. <laughs> Uh, but besides, besides that, uh, I will say Ennis did one especially awesome thing for me. And he gave me my third, one of my, one of my pet peeves, probably my third one. My first two are people leaving dirty dishes in the sink. And the second one is people talking during movies when they could have figured out whatever they were asking. They just fucking watched it. The third one is just, were were those both directed at me? Is this third one directed at me too? No, no, I, 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 there's no reason to project yourself onto my pet peeves, dude. They they honestly were not, uh, they were not directed at you. All right. My third one is Ennis related. It is an NBA wing player that can't hit corner threes in rhythm. That is literally my, that is like literally my pet peeve as an NBA fan. Like that's your, that's your, that's like one job at the three and D guy. You have to be in there in the corner and hit like transition in rhythm throughs at like a 60% clip. And if you don't do that, then what's your purpose? Like, I, I just can't, 
I just can't understand. I couldn't understand Ennis. He was always horribly, uh, horribly inconsistent. And I, I just, you know what? So he gave us a couple of good games in the playoffs. Like, I'm not going to like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't have this legacy fanhood when it comes to certain guys like that, that just don't ever seem to like get better. I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about Ennis. Like, I, I mean, He's shooting 37% from three this year, so it is definitely well, how many not attempts, though, you know? I mean, like like few, right? Not many. I think it's like four a game, three a game. Really? Um, so, uh, but he's a, he's an expiring deal, so I, I'm glad that you could uh, we at least got something for him. Uh, yeah, what a, yeah, we literally do. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, Because <laughs> like, I, I, I expected him to end up in Cleveland as part of a deal, but uh, I, I think in Detroit he'll, he'll play well. He, he's a defensive guy. He likes to get up and down. He doesn't need the ball. Um, you guys don't like him. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that bad, man. I don't think he's a bad player. But uh, oh, we got Bryce Johnson who has played twelve in twelve career NBA games. So uh, and he's another power forward to go along with the the, the rest of our roster. So yeah, power forward. Um, you, that's what we I, are. I imagine he'll be waived soon. Uh, do, do do we want to go back to talking about Tyreek? <laughs> uh, I mean, like it only started to make us more mad because there's just no re- like. Clearly, we've all been here spinning our wheels trying to figure out what the hell happened and why it happened. And the answer is it just doesn't make sense. So, like, I, just, I mean, unless you guys want to, I'm down to get so, in the weeds, just roll around a little more. Uh, so, I guess, I guess the future now is you have healthy Mike, healthy assumed healthy Chandler Parsons next year. Um, hopefully Mark Mark's minutes are cut back and he's ready to go next season uh, not playing you know a whole summer of basketball and then you have Tyreek Evans as the sixth man uh, Chandler's probably coming off the bench if, if Dylan Brooks is if he continues to improve uh, I guess Jermichael is still your starting power forward I don't think I don't think he is the starting le- level power forward in the NBA uh, and then as shooting guard, I mean, you got all kinds of question marks. Wayne Selden is he, he's having career highs one night, and then he's trash as hell for the next two weeks. Ben McLemore is not good. Uh, Andrew Harrison is your best like perimeter threat on the team right now. Uh, well, you know, now that Tyreek is back, but you know Andrew Harrison is your playmaker. He's your <laughs> shooter. Um, him and Dylan Brooks. So. Are you guys satisfied with that as the future if Tyreek comes back and if Mike and Chandler are healthy? No, I, I don't. I'm trying to find a way to be satisfied in this. I'm situation. like, he's not going to come back. I can't even like, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't even entertain that as a hypothetical because I know he's not. Well, I've already, let, yeah, let's I've been, just assume that's the plan and let's just say that it, everything goes according to plan. Like the front office, everything goes you know, exactly as they want it. So you have this team next year. Where does that team rank in the West, um, you know, barring any major changes? And is it worth it to to have money tied up in another injury-prone guy and miss out on the potential future of the franchise? I know it's not worth it, but just discuss it. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just answered our our question. Just uh, fucking talk, man. (laughs) Someone out of that group will get hurt. (laughs) Uh, Someone out of that group will get hurt. If you have Chandler, Mike, Mark, and Tyreek, odds are, I mean, right now we're sitting at 50% of those guys. So I would think that 
at least one to two of them would be hurt next year and we'll be right back in the same situation because we would need all of them i think to be competitive and get uh like five six seed something like that i guess we also would have the whatever pick we got so like the ninth pick or whatever whatever pick first rounder we would get by missing the playoffs this year which we're going to do so like yeah. whoever we drafted there which i, I mean so who we try to fill in we try to fill in a two or a three just a wing but I mean, that that, that guy's probably not starting level in the NBA. At no, com- probably not. Coming out at nine, you know. Probably I mean, not. neither. Neither's Jamichael Green, but. But I mean, I you know, I, and then you so you really don't have any other free agency money to acquire shooting guards or power forwards. But you do got a lot of power forwards you can try to trade. But they're all kind of <laughs> they're all kind of trash. <laughs> You got no picks. You got 20, 2022. Is that the Ennis pick? Second rounder. Yeah. You know, you, you, then you got a team. That team right there is the, the team, that, the roster, which we just listed, is, a, is literally a fringe playoff team, like seven, eight seed every year, which basically equates to no good picks ever. Yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a team that will prolong exactly the situation we're in. Yeah, and we did. We also didn't talk about uh, Brandon Wright is expiring, and we'll probably end up buying him out. But we didn't, you know. That, I, I don't know if there was any interest, even in a second rounder, uh, for him. But you know, that's that's another missed opportunity because he he's a he's a spring, springy guy when he plays. Like a team like the Cavs or somebody might be able to the Warriors. Even you know. Uh, I think when he gets bought out, he'll go to a contending team and a team that might have been willing to give us a second rounder. I'm running the hell away from the Grizz as fast as I can if I'm anyone that knows anything about the NBA. Like, if I'm a player that understands anything, like, it, like it, not only is there no goal in mind, but it seems to be that all the decisions they make wildly contradict with each other. And, like, like for instance, the trading of Ennis to get p- assets, you know, because you just don't see his fit in the long-term goal of the team. But then, like, not trading Tyreek or not trading Brandon Wright. Like, what – what separated Brandon Wright from Ennis in terms of their like what they how they viewed like his role, you know, like doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, but all three are on expiring deals, um, you know, not not very big deals. So I, I don't get it. I don't get it, you know. And and I mean, nothing makes sense. Even going back to earlier in the season, David Fisdale's firing to change the direction of the franchise, but then you go into tank mode. Um, basically, I mean, you basically had to, but we, we were on that route already. So <laughs> what do you think, professor, man? Talk to us. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to drag me out of this, this slump I'm in, dude. I don't I, know. I, I do you, do you want something? Do you want something funny? Yeah. Tell me a joke. Oh, okay. Well, so looking at the trade tracker, I thought to me today, the funniest trade was Alfred Payton to the Suns. I was, I chuckled to myself because uh, earlier, <laughs> a couple of days ago, he tweeted, oh, what is it? He said, if you ain't good, you gone. And then today he got traded from <laughs> the team that is um, in fourth from last to the team that's in fifth from last. So he, he's just in a terrible situation right now. So I chuckled at that. That uh, you know, that's the that's the second round pick that Phoenix got from us. Yeah, uh, the, from Troy. Yeah, I mean, we we gave them that pick to take Troy off of our hands. So, and then they turned it into Alfred Payton. So, uh, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not out on Alfred Payton as a solid backup point guard in the league. So, oh, hell no, back great backup. 
And if the Suns can keep him and at, he's expiring, so you know, get him on a on a decent deal. That that I don't know, man. Phoenix Phoenix fucking they sucks. <laughs> that, that that would be depressing. Like they're on a new level of not knowing what's going on. Also, I, yeah, least, they got Booker, we, and you could build around that guy. I mean, you can build around that guy. I just don't. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, like maybe they're just trying to clear out and try to swing big in free agency, like get a. Shit, I don't know. Like Mello, I'm not saying the Mello would solve their problem, but someone, some name there, like some, some, some big name in the next couple of years, like Anthony Davis or like something. Yeah, yeah. And offer, the- they're going to be able to offer like a lot of max deals, like to a lot of players, like and, and dangle a ton of money out there for the opportunity to play with a pretty young, exciting player. Yeah, because they bought out Greg Monroe, and I think he had the largest contract on the team, or one of the largest, if I'm not mistaken. So that freed up a lot of money for them. I got cash space for days. Yeah, I think Tyson Chandler has a big contract too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like seventeen or eighteen a year, which is asinine. But I think it's only another year. I mean, I think they're clearing out to do that now. Like you know, you mean they, they have a plan? Anyone? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah maybe. Yeah. But, but at that time, they'll, yeah. they'll have to pay Booker. I think they got Brandon Knight on a big deal too right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I hadn't heard from him in years. It seems like, but. Phoenix is going to be bad for a long time, man. Yeah, but at least, uh, I mean, at least they're doing consistent things. I mean, I don't want to be Phoenix. I'd rather be the Grizz, but at least they're doing consistent things that evidence, like a, a, a goal, whether that's successful or not, they're still doing the things that it takes to get there. You know you know what I mean? Like, that's what's super frustrating about the Grizz. No, I don't feel you. <laughs> I mean, they've sucked for a long time. Like, they, they yeah, had, they've had, had top draft pick after yeah. top draft pick. They signed... They signed Bledsoe, and they had Drogic, and then they traded for another point guard. I think that might have been when they got Brandon Knight the first time. Like, they suck, man. <laughs> they, they, they've brought free agents. They've had the draft picks, and they can't, they can't get it right. I don't see this being any different. Booker is a good player, but if he, if he wants to have a great career, he needs to get the hell up out of Phoenix. Unless, yeah, unless someone's for sure – unless he talks to someone who's for sure going to come there. And yeah, he does. I mean, yeah – I'd love for him to get out of there. I just want to see him on TV more. <laughs> but man, yeah, Devin Booker, shout out Devin Booker, the the, the backdoor cut boy. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, dude. It just, it just. I feel like everyone around the world heaved one big. Everyone in Memphis, at least, heaved one big sigh when they heard what happened, and it was the sigh of a Grizz fan. You know that, like the sigh of like, and then I think Slim, you put it perfectly, which was, I can't believe that just happened, but actually, I can. Like you, you, you first, you're in awe that it, that anyone could be that incompetent. But then, but then you realize that they are like that. They always have been incompetent. And then, in fact, like we should be surprised that they make the right move. Like, how many times have they made the right move, and we've been like, "Oh, that was actually good." I really Mark I and Powell. That's about it. Zebo. That, that was looking back. Yeah, Zebo was a great move. I mean, Mark and Powell was like, I don't. They couldn't have known what what oh, ultimately no, happened. I had no idea. That was an accidental right move. Zebo was like probably that was probably the that best cal- example. More calculated. Right. Right. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, that was that was a huge gamble, but I don't even think that's as big of, of a gamble as you took taking yourself out of the running for a top draft pick and keeping Tyreek Evans. You know, like the 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 just the like the meaning of each of those for not just the next year or two, but for the future of the entire franchise and also the next year or two, like. 
Like, oh, I just don't understand. Was this not weighed properly in their minds? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, are we going to try to make the playoffs now? Is that the goal? Like, Tyreek, take us home? Uh, obviously yeah, I not. not. I hope home. not. Because we're not going to fucking win. The team is not good. I, man, I don't know. Let, let's... Yeah, all right, I, I got to keep us on track so we don't keep circling back and just getting depressed. So another uh, interesting three-team trade happened today between the Knicks, Nuggets, and the Dallas Mavericks. So the Knicks got Moutier from Denver. Denver got Devin Harris from the Mavericks and a 2018 second-round pick. And the Mavs got Dougie McBuckets, McDermott, and a future second round pick from Denver. So who how, do you guys think was a winner out of that situation? So recap, Moody A to Knicks, Harris to Nuggets, McDermott to Mavs. Uh, I, I think kind of all around that's good. Devin Harris is going to help Denver make a playoff push. Um, an experienced guard who, who can play really in any type of system. Uh, but I think he'll be a good backup for that Nuggets team. Moutier goes to New York, just a chance to get some minutes because with the injury of Porzingis, you know, the Knicks are are in that tankathon now. And uh, so somebody's got to play him and him and their draft pick from last year, uh, Nidalinka or however you say his name. Neither one of them can really shoot. Moutier's gotten a little better at shooting, but they, they should be fun. They can switch off and guard, guard – uh, ones and twos and they can make plays but i mean he, he's just playing for his next contract now and then mcdermott in dallas is is fine dallas is you know not a good team but they're they're trying to stockpile some younger players together who can attract a superstar and mcdermott is a quality role player so i, I think think all the teams really kind of got something that they needed or were, were looking for in that trade so i don't see any clear loser yeah, I don't. Yeah, so this is kind of a non-starter for any. I mean, I don't think that anything really changed. I guess Devin Harris might be able to uh, mentor the guards there and at the Nuggets. Um, yeah, like uh, otherwise, like I don't, you know, I don't really see this being great for anybody. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I, give, you know, I'll give you a hot dog for for your hamburger. You know, like yeah. <laughs> Hell, I mean, even a hamburger is more food, dude. So you know, maybe like yeah. a. Two, Maybe like two a broad work. Yeah, two hot dogs for so two two second round picks for <laughs> a player. Is that what you're? Oh, sorry. No, I wasn't no, trying to draw that comparison. Uh, okay. but uh, so, right. yeah, same kind of analogy. I, I'm I don't like Moody. I think he's a bum. I, I, I attribute bum status to certain guys. He's definitely in my bum category, and it might be that he ends up being good, but nothing he's done thus far is evidence that he ever will be. So like, like we didn't even want it. And now looking back on it, I wish we had his bum ass on our roster because that would have mean we wouldn't have Tyreek's good ass on our roster. I mean, so, like Moutier would, would be the best, the best guard on our roster without Tyreek and without Mike. You think he'd be better? You think Moutier is better than uh, Dylan Brooks? Uh, it, it'd be yeah. I think it's close. Yeah. I couldn't give Dylan a clear nod, but I, I mean, I couldn't give him a clear nod, but he can shoot. Yeah, yeah Moutier is actually shooting thirty-seven percent from three this year. Really? Yeah, which is about which is five percentage points higher than his average, but he's averaging less points a game. So, yeah. And he, he just needed to change the scenery. So yeah, I hope I mean, it works. I mean, I hope it works. I hope he turns his career around and gets a contract. 
Yeah, but let's get into the big news of the day. Uh, outside of Memphis is Cleveland got uh, a blood transfusion of sorts. It, they started the day off by trading for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr., who is from Cleveland. Um, and they traded, they got them from the Lakers and they sent Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, and their first round pick, not the Brooklyn Nets first round pick, but the Cleveland Cavaliers first round pick. And, uh, it's also heavily protected or protected, probably, probably lottery and then some. Um, so Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance in Cleveland, Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry, uh, go to LA, both of them on expiring deals. Uh, what do you guys think of this first trade? I, I was actually uh, pretty excited about it. I thought that was a very a pretty savvy move by Cleveland because I've talked to a lot of people from Ohio and they're just really they're out on IT. He seems to not be getting along with people. I've heard reports that he and Crowder just kind of do their own thing during and after practice. They're kind of aloof from the team. They having both played before at Boston together and it's really struggled to return to his form from last year. So obviously he's not what the fans expected, what the front office expected. So he's, and he's probably frustrated with himself. So he has just been a disaster in Cleveland. So him leaving, getting fresh scenery, I think is, is excellent. And also I really, Larry Nance is fun to watch. That guy can dunk. So I'm I'm excited that he's going to be going to Cleveland to kind of, you know, bring some youth to the table. And I, I think really, I think blood transfusion is a really good way to put it. And how overall, many dunks, how many alley-oops are LeBron going to throw to Nance? Per game? I, I would say uh, 1.2 per game. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's interesting because Nance – probably can't play with Tristan Thompson on the floor. Um, but maybe he can, maybe he can. And you know, if he can lock up a, a Kevin Durant type or something like that, if he can guard him in the playoffs, uh, the, the Cavs, sometimes they like to go big. Uh, so that could be an option. He, he can definitely play with Kevin Love. Uh, I think that those two complement each other's game. Those two complement each other's games really well. Um, but yeah, Isaiah had to go. I mean, what do you think chief? I think it, uh, in Mighty Ducks 2, there's a, a part in the movie where um, Coach Bombay, well, his team's got a little rattled. The, the goalie uh, uh, is it gets hurt and can't continue, and so he takes his troops out to L.A., and they play a street hockey team. And then they bring on uh, Keenan Thompson. forgot what his character's name is, but you know, he, he hits the knuckle puck. He has the knuckle puck, which is like his thing. And he comes on to the team, and they sort of they add a bunch of different pieces from this from the, 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 the team, which they used to be. They used to be the – the, you know, the underdog type like street team that become sponsored. And so they go back to their roots and play with all these kids like they used to. And because of that, they bring in all these kids that, that make them a little better. And they challenge Iceland and they beat the shit out of them. Uh, spoiler alert, that's how Mighty Ducks end. The Mighty Ducks win. Um, but like, I think it, it, it's not quite like that. I just kind of want to talk about Mighty Ducks for like a minute. But it's, <laughs> it's sort of like blood transfusion is a much better analogy. I was actually kind of pissed when you said that because I was hoping to do the Mighty Ducks one. But like, yeah, I mean, it's good. I, do you think the Cavs get better? I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my opinion until y'all talk. Well, let, let's keep going because um, shortly after that trade, Cleveland sent Isaiah's buddy Jay Crowder to Utah along with the shell of Derrick Rose, um, who Utah <laughs> is expected to waive. 
And it was a three-team deal. So Utah sent Joe Johnson, old ISO Joe from Arkansas, to Sacramento. And the Cavs sent Shumpert to Sacramento um, along with some cash and a a later second-round pick. And Cleveland got George Hill from the Kings and then Rodney Hood from Utah. Um, So this was – this two big deals back-to-back. And then shortly thereafter – uh, the news broke that the Cavs were sending Dwayne Wade back to Miami for a heavily protected second rounder, basically with the with Rodney Hood and George Hill um, and Clarkson. They decided that D Wade would not really be playing, and so they said they wanted to do right by him, and so they sent him back to Miami. They ran it by D Wade, they ran it by LeBron, they ran it by everyone before it happened. Um, so it's good to see D Wade go back to Miami. That's where he belongs. Um, got a chance to play for his hometown team and then his best friend's hometown team. So uh, he's, you know, that's a pretty cool little ride. Now he gets to go retire on South Beach. And uh, uh, so the Cavs effectively bring in Rodney Hood, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance. And they get rid of Jay Crowder, D Rose, Shumpert, Isaiah, and Channing Fry. I think they get better. Um, Jordan Clarkson is a scorer off the bench. George Hill will probably be the starting point guard and he can play defense. He can catch and shoot. Um, he's not a very ball dominant player, um, but he, he can run the pick and roll if he needs to, uh, Rodney hood. I think, especially while Kevin love is out, can find his, his feet with Cleveland. And I think a, a, a score like that with LeBron is really what they needed. Someone who can create his own shot and uh, just, you know, that's what Isaiah was supposed to be, but he, he just never rounded into form. So I, I really like Rodney hood. Of course, all Grizzly Grizzlies fans, you know, know about Rodney hood getting glossed over for Jordan Adams and Jordan Adams is at home and Rodney hood's going to, to Cleveland to play for a championship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> An experiment with sound effects for y'all, uh, but we'll get real ones eventually. Exactly, exactly. And then Larry Nance, like y'all said, you know, he's a young, bouncy guy who be catching lobs. Uh, I, I think Cleveland got better. Um, I thought I thought Cleveland's roster was going to be good, but with Isaiah, you know, playing awful and also just talking his way out of town. I mean, he had, he said something about the coaches, the defense, Kevin Love, the players. And he, he had to go. Um, I think the locker room was very toxic, and it showed on the court. Hate to see Channing Fry go, though, because I, I think he played really well with LeBron. He, he can catch and shoot so quickly, and he's a uh, seven-footer, so he can rebound and play defense as well. So I hate to see him go, but all in all, I think I think Cleveland got better. LeBron's always got like the old tall guy that shoots through, like a James Jones or James. What was his name? James Jones. Yeah, yeah. He like they, they remind me. Chain Fry is definitely better, but they kind of remind me of each other. Yeah, Rashard uh, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, like I, I think they got better for sure. I, well, the question is, who's the starting? Give me the starting. Give me one through five for the Cavs. Uh, the next game they play. Uh, well, once they get everybody, I think it'll be George Hill, Jr. LeBron. Um, I well, Kevin loves her right now, so I don't know who will be at power forward. Um, and Tristan, I would assume. So probably Rodney Hood and LeBron. 
if I had to guess. And then you got Clarkson, Nance, Kyle Corver. Uh, who else they got on the bench? Who's their other guard? Who's their bench guard? Clarkson. Oh, yeah, Clarkson. 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 Clarkson will play the point. Uh, That's pretty good. That's actually a pretty good little roster. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very jealous of how they were able to just completely transform their team in like two hours. And sorry, and we're about then, to go down the rabbit hole again. And oh, then uh, they've, <laughs> they've got the Oseman kid who played well in their big win last night over the Timberwolves. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. I'll, I'll pull their roster up. But I mean, I think awesome. – I Funny. think they're gonna win the East. I saw, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm still riding. Fuck the Raptors, dude. I saw something that was funny about, um, like, a tweet about kind of the overhaul of the roster, and it was like, um, you know, tomorrow at practice, and they had like a quote, like it was dialogue, and it said Ty Lue, and he was like, "All right, everyone, sit in a circle and go around and say your name and your position that you play," and uh, and so like you know, <laughs> like a PE class or something. But I just had that visual, and it's very funny to me. I mean, uh, hopefully you guys all get along with LeBron. Basically, like LeBron seems to be, and this has been well documented that he's like he's a very outgoing guy, and he really values team camaraderie a lot. Like he he really like he loves like for all the guys to go out to eat together, and he like does like team building stuff. He always buys everyone presents, and just like he he really he really values that. I mean, I'm not saying obviously being close as a team is always a beneficial thing, but he like makes a, a you know a specific. Um, you know, he takes specific actions to do that. So, like, hopefully these guys all get along with them. I mean, I think they're going to be, like, super happy to be playing with a pretty good team. And uh, so it should work out. I hope I hope to see that uh, – I hope that, hope they are good. I mean, obviously, I think they stand the best chance to come out of the East, I think. Yeah, I But think Bro the, doesn't. I haven't made my assessment yet. i got to watch one or two games of them, see their chemistry. Got to look at the intangibles. They won't immediately be what they're ultimately going to be, though. I didn't get a sneak peek. Yeah, you can't get a sneak peek. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I they got Jeff Green. He'll pl- he'll still play. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that team. I think that team. Jeff Green hasn't been the problem. Uh, I don't know if he passed it off to Isaiah Thomas or what this year. But uh, man, I, I can't wait. The NBA is so good. It, uh, it, like, gosh, what what a day today! That like they had half the world. It seems like sitting on their cell phones at work. Just waiting to see what what moves are going to be made. This just doesn't um, and, happen in other professional sports, you know. Like like a roster overhaul, like this Cavs thing, like it is that's just what makes it. I mean, just every aspect of the NBA is just tailored to be exciting. I mean, it really is just it's awesome. Yeah, and uh, last week we had the Blake Griffin trade from Los Angeles to Detroit. Uh, he and Willie Reed were traded to Detroit for. Uh, Tobias Harris, uh, who who else was included in that trade? Uh, Avery Bradley, who and didn't up, get traded today, and a first rounder, Boban too, Boban, and oh then, yeah, Boban, and, and a two thousand eighteen first rounder that's protected, and then a two thousand nineteen second rounder. So I, I thought that was interesting um, because I thought it meant the Clippers were going to be big time sellers at the deadline. I thought that meant Lou Williams was getting traded and then DeAndre Jordan too. And instead the Clippers re-upped with Lou Williams and they didn't trade DeAndre at the deadline. Uh, so what did that got that, that take you guys by surprise? And, and then we'll dive into Blake being traded. It yeah, really that, only took me by surprise. Sorry, bro. It really only took me by surprise. Cause I, all the pundits had said that DeAndre was heavily on the block. So like, 
I wouldn't have, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that needed to happen unless everyone said it was going to, and then it didn't. So yes, I was surprised because of that. But like, otherwise it seems like the clips are just trying to, um, they're trying to, to clear out some space to sign some heavy hitters come 2018, 2019 free agency season when a lot of excellent players become available. Um, so they're, they're trying to get in the race similar to the Lakers are and just have a ton of cap space and the allure of playing in LA. So, you know, obviously like DeAndre at center, um, and Lou Williams, you know, as either six man or just a starting guard or two good players that like you can convince people to come play with. Like they're always, they're positive pieces to almost any big free agent. Like that, that is a, that they are, they are assets to other people that might want to come play there. So I guess uh, that seems to be their goal now. Shit. I, we're really bad at determining what franchises goals are though. Cause you know, we still can't figure out the Grizz. So what about you, bro? Sorry. I interrupt you, dude. No, that's what I was going to say is that initially I was pretty confused and conflicted to because it looked like they were just trying to throw the season away, but then they retained two of their best players. And But I would have to agree that in my initial gut when they traded Blake because he has that monster contract and what they re-signed him six months ago, basically promised him that he'd be the face of the franchise, have his jersey retired, hanging in the rafters, and then they signed him to this monster deal that I think he ends up getting paid forty around $40 million in a couple of years, which is at, at the age and injury proneness that Blake has is he's not, he's not worth that much. There are very few people that are, especially, I mean, it would have to be someone that is just a superhuman, never gets hurt type of person to be worth that much into their thirties. So really, I think that the moves that they made were, I liked it, honestly, looking back at it, because I I like the cap space they freed up. I know it's seen as LA's second team being the Clippers, and they are, but I still think that, like you mentioned, the lure of LA could bring someone out there. Now, obviously, the initial gut was, oh, LeBron in LA, and that was my initial thought, too, but it really looks like the Lakers are trying to make a play with that by ditching Clarkson's salary, uh, KCP, and Lopez are both going to be they're done after this year. So that's a total of about there. That's like $40 million that they're, they shed pretty much after this year. So they, they have basically room for two uh, max contracts next year. So they really do position themselves. Well, the Lakers that is position themselves well in the free agent market next year, of course, for uh, with Paul George and LeBron James being the two prize targets because of their desire to play together and also their relation to the city of LA. Yeah. It's really crazy that the Cavs helped facilitate that for the Lakers, um, you know, freeing up that cap space. But I mean, they also, I think made their team better. So it's crazy. Like the storylines get better and better every day. Uh, But back to the Clippers, I, I like the move for them too. Uh, Tobias Harris is not a bad player. Maybe you, you keep him. Um, do y'all think they can make the playoffs this year with Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, DeAndre, and Lou Williams? And uh, Pat Beverly's out for the season, right? I don't know. Are, what's their place right now? Um, I think they're in ninth. Yeah, I definitely think they can. I mean, Tobias Harris is is, is, is hooping this year and has been uh, the past couple of years. So he, I mean, he doesn't quite get you what Blake was getting you, but damn near close. And, yeah, they- um, and Lou, I mean, Lou Williams has been a revelation this year. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, people knew he could be that good, but in terms of him being unhandcuffed and able to kind of just get buckets, so 
Yeah, they're they're in ninth place, but they're one game out of being in sixth place. Yeah. So I don't yeah. really even think that they punted on the season by any means. They just kind of changed up their roster. But like you mentioned, Tobias Harris has been having an incredible season so far. Guy I really didn't know much about until this year, and he's he's uh, still playing well in the few games that he's played in L.A. So I I definitely see them as a playoff team, especially with Boogie Cousins' injury and the Pelicans kind of being in a state of limbo at this point. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what what goes on with the Clippers. I, I think they can make the playoffs for sure. Um, and then, you know, they'll have some cap space, so we'll see if they can attract a player. Maybe Paul George. Uh, I don't know. But that, that, that this was another rare trade that I thought was good for both sides because I think it was great that they got, off, got out of Blake's contracts because with that core, they weren't winning a championship, and they had a lot of money tied up in an injury-prone guy. But Detroit, on the other hand, has the new arena in downtown Detroit. Uh, they're no longer at the Palace of Auburn Hills. They need a superstar. They've, they've got a chance to make the playoffs in the East and maybe even maybe even win the first round uh, and, you know, put a scare in someone. They've they're trying got to a, be the Grizz. You know, they're trying to exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I was, I, we've never had a Blake Griffin, like in the history of our franchise. Yeah, um, yeah, not not a superstar like every year all star type player like that. Um, you know, we we could definitely make our arguments against Blake Griffin uh, and, and be validated. But for for Detroit, a uh, uh, franchise that has really struggled since you know, like the Rashid, Big Ben, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton era, I, I think it was a great move for them. And you know, they roll the dice. Hopefully, it works out, and they they become the Hawks of the East where they're in the playoffs every year, right there in the four or five range. They have a magical season one year and you know, who knows? Yeah. Someone gets hurt, things break. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's just exciting for those fans. I was definitely, cause they're pretty dedicated fans and they just haven't had a lot to cheer for since that title, since those years. So I, I liked it. I mean, I, I think all around good and apparently, I mean, apparently they're playing well. I didn't realize that. Like I, I didn't know how Blake was going to pair with Drummond, despite how Drummond's probably the best player in the NBA. Uh, as you guys think, like, I was just like, oh, I don't know how they're going to work together. And But they've been playing really well together. I watched a couple games, and they have good chemistry right off the bat. They seem to, I guess maybe because Blake played with DeAndre, he kind of is treating Drummond the same way. But Drummond's way more dynamic than DeAndre, I'll admit that. And um, so it's cool, man. I'm, I'm happy for everyone. Like, I thought the Clippers were going to trade Avery Bradley and try to get some more assets, uh, another pick maybe this year, and, 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 and just – because they already got a first rounder for next year, or for I mean, sorry, this year's draft. I thought they might trade Avery Bradley because he was kind of in demand, um, but they didn't. So we'll see. Uh, more ca- the Boater City, more cars in in uh, Detroit for Blake to jump over. So yeah, a lot of different <laughs> factors here that people aren't talking I about. I don't think they make Kias up there. Yeah, that's true. They make just Amer- American cars. <laughs> uh, definitely not Kias. So he'll have to see if he can jump over those two. Um, but hopefully his, hopefully he still is able to, I don't know if there's any comedy clubs in Detroit either. Hopefully he's still able to get his stand up in and be the commercial personality that we know outside of Detroit. Cause I enjoy Blake Griffin, the dude, um, you know, he's had issues with, uh, with our team on the basketball court, but I just generally enjoy him as a person. I think he's really funny. And a yeah, funny you, you think there's a direct flight from Detroit to Los Angeles on an airline that has a hub there, but I'm not going to mention their name because they're, they're not a paid sponsor of this podcast, so. But <laughs> I, I hope that he can get out to L.A. quickly so that we can watch him on TV and stuff. 
I've yeah, never been to the Detroit airport. <laughs> never been either. Hope, mm-hmm. Hopefully never have to go necessarily, but hell, I imagine Detroit's a lot like Memphis. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I, I bet it is like, I bet, like, like Baltimore and Detroit and Memphis are off to compare it and just kind of, you know, all the different factors, you know, all the different factors that make up a city. So yeah, yeah I've been to Baltimore and had a great time. So yeah, I heard Baltimore is very similar to Memphis actually. I don't know yeah. if that's true, but. So, I mean, uh, that that's most of the trades. We had uh, Luke Babbitt go back to Miami for Okara White uh, to Atlanta. We had New York trading Willie Hernan Gomez to Who Charlotte. Who is that guy? Uh, Hernan Gomez. He's a Spanish guy. He's like a big man who can shoot from outside. Um, so, I, I, I don't think he's a difference maker. Yeah. But he, he could be. They say he's got some potential. Um, His but, last name's like two traditionally Hispanic last names mixed together. It's like Hernandez yeah. and Gomez. Yeah. You're like, I, I love that last name. Okay, continue. So, I mean, that, that's about it. Toronto uh, got Malachi Richardson from Sacramento for Bruno Caboclo, the Brazilian KD. Um, I, th- I think that was really, really it. Oh, Jameer Nelson went to Detroit. He's back with Stan Van Gundy. Uh, Jameer, of course, was the point guard of those Magic teams back in the day with Dwight that had some good runs. Um, and Detroit just gave up Willie Reed that they had gotten the Blake deal. Uh, so Detroit trying to make a run. They also got James Ennis. They were the second most active team, I'd say, n- next to Cleveland. Uh, I was surprised Oklahoma City didn't make a move. I thought Avery Bradley would have been great there, but, you know, maybe they just didn't have enough to get him from L.A. And, you know, L.A. could be thinking that they're they're in the same boat as OKC. So uh, anybody else you guys expected to make a move that didn't? Man, you're missing the Miritich trade to the Pellies, and the Bulls got uh, Tony Allen, which they they're, have already waived or were planning on waiving. Yeah, they're going to waive him. They also waived Quincy to make room for all those players in the trade, Quincy Pondexter. Uh, so Tony Allen, I think he'll OKC could be a buyout uh, spot for him or Cleveland. Should the Grizz uh, sign him? No. We, we don't need to win games. We don't need him. He, he needs to go to a playoff team uh, where he can lock somebody up in the playoffs for about 15 minutes a game. And – uh, help somebody win a championship. Okay, see, so would be cool. I'd like to see him there. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see him contributing on a good team. You know. Yeah. So the thing, the another thing Cleveland did today that we forgot to mention was they opened up two roster spots uh, for the buyout market, which a lot of people are saying the buyouts are going to be just as entertaining as the trade deadline. So you got guys like Tony Allen, Vince Carter. Uh, I think Zebo may be a little much to buy out, um, but you know some of those older veteran guys who will be switching teams from these teams going in the into the tank race for uh, going to contenders. The reason the buyout market's going to be so good this year is because all these teams know how good this draft class is, so they're you know they're they're going full tank mode and trying to better their chances. So the Grizzlies missed that memo that went around. Shocking. Yeah, I, I like uh, Tony in Cleveland just because their defense has been historically bad this season. Having him as a little boost on that end of the ball might be a, a spark that could help them out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so 
I, the the rest of the NBA season is going to be great. I'm predicting. Y'all don't have to make predictions, but I'm predicting Cavs Thunder in the finals. I am. I'm, I'm sticking to my gun still, despite being ridiculed. So I'm Raptors are making it out of the East finally, and I still can't bet against the Warriors at this point. Uh, I'm not going to make a prediction. <laughs> I mean, of course, of, course you can, of course you can't bet against the Warriors, but I think if any team can do it, it's OKC, man. I, I've really, I don't know why, but I really like this OKC team. They're fun to watch. I love Paul George and Westbrook together. They are fun to watch. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, I, and I hope, I hope they give the the the, the Warriors a run for their money. I just don't see how they could. Like I didn't. Anyone that says that they can probably beat them just like is purely speaking on hope and not actual reason. Hey man, they can play defense. That's reason. Yeah, we'll see. We will. All right, man, bro. You want to uh, wrap us up? Get us out of here. Send us home. All righty. Thank you Bring guys, thank everyone, for listening to this edition of the Backdoor Cut podcast. You have your guys, Slim, the Barn Chief, and the Professor, signing off. Friends and family, see you later. All I see is racist faces. Misplaced hate makes disgrace to races. We under. I wonder what it takes to make this one better place.